Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, good morning, Ali. Nice to be with you, sir. Yeah, nice to be with you also, Dwayne. It's awesome to always chat with you. And it was been a been a week. It's kind of funny. Like I dealt with the storm and didn't have any power and couldn't do last week's call. No internet, no no electricity. And now this week, you've had some issues by you with storms. Crazy, right? Yeah, we had like uh, 100 mile an hour winds come in and stuff like that um, Monday night, and we were just into our first class. And uh, it came rushing in, and all the power went out, and it's been out for a couple of days. It just it came on, um, I don't know, maybe late, late last night, uh, maybe like, you know, wow, 11 o'clock at night or something like that. So I uh, came here this morning to make sure everything was uh, up and running, that it just wasn't like, you know, you look on your phone and you're you're thinking, okay, everything's working, but I gotta I gotta come in and see it for sh- for sure if that makes sense. Yeah, well, as long as long as you could see it via your cameras, that's how I found out that my uh, my East Islip location had power by the camera system is kicking back on, so that was a good thing. But uh, now, yeah, we we had a have, lot of trees down. Yeah, have you uh, been able to get on Facebook I'm cl- there? And I'm clicking it? on Facebook right now. I want to see if we have audio. Let's see. Yeah, because I know that we were saying we were. I was having a problem with audio, so and I usually don't have a problem. So what's up with that, man? Now it's my turn. Yeah, exactly. Let me. <laughs> I know it's always something, isn't it? Technology is a funny thing. When it works well, it works great. I I have it now. I don't maybe, see um, it, Dwayne. Maybe the, the sounds like. Yeah, if anyone comes on, uh, can you hear us, you guys, on on the? Um, Broadcast, if you can, just let us know. Uh, I know we have one person right now clicking in. You, I don't see a few of them there, so I'm not. Maybe it's an audio issue on my end. Maybe you're totally good, and I'm just bringing up something that's not even an issue. Not, not sure why. Well, though, yeah, but, but through anyway. the through the system, through the system, you know, you 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 should be able to hear me too. So it shouldn't just be yeah via our uh, our our phone connection you know what i mean yeah so but anyways um you you said that you've been rocking it with uh some of the facebook ads and right yeah i mean um the interesting dynamic is that we have uh we have had a lot of inquiries uh people are very slow to pull the trigger and actually come in so there the ads see that's the great thing about ads right you know it's uh they're, they work, but they create action to be taken, and then people are frozen in indecision, I think. You know, they're like, hey, let me jump on this. This sounds like a great offer. And then they fill out the form, and then they never really officially continue forward with it. Um, so, And it takes a lot of what I used to call shaking the bushes, um, to, you know, that, that, you know, really to get people to – go, you know, and get and come in and, you know, take advantage of that start of the free trial. I do a free month, so that's an interesting thing. I'm texting Nicole right now. Can you... Hey, Nicole, can you check our broadcast and see if you hear audio on it? Because I'm not getting audio on my end, but Dwayne and I can hear each other on our recording, so can you just double check that? Yeah, I'm curious what, you know, you can hear me. You just chimed in. I can see her come on board. She says she hears it. Perfect. So it must be something on my end. Okay. All right. Well, as long as we can be heard, that's all that matters. 
Well, the good news is I don't have to mute it on my on my computer. <laughs> yeah, That's right. So, I still so, muted you, so. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the leads are good. Uh, I have to tell you, though, like, it's a weird – we're living in a really weird time, right? Um, you know, mask, no mask. You know, I believe in COVID. It's a fraud. You know, like, there's so many conspiracy theories out there, and – and all of this stuff is predicated based on mindset, right? So, and, and what I mean by that is, like, half of the people that trained with me that stopped training, I've been reaching out to them, and they're like, no, no, we're not ready to come back. We won't be coming back until there's a vaccine. So I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to stay indoors forever if there's no vaccine? Right. And un- unless there's a vaccine that totally, like, you know, cures the illness, you know, like, unlike the flu vaccine, which they just guess, and then they hope that the strain of the vaccine they make up for that year works against the, the flu mutation that we have, right? So, so are people that afraid? And it's interesting because, and I don't mean to play this down, but the amount of fear that, um, that's been set out, and I don't know why. I mean, I get it. It's scary. Like, but at the same time, why are people so afraid of this, but not afraid of heart disease, not afraid of cancer, not afraid of, you know, car accidents, not afraid of the flu. I mean, the flu is still taking 50,000, 60,000 lives a year. That's something that's been going on forever, right? So, like, I wonder, like, why, and I'm seeing that in, in the people. Like, and then the people who are inquiring, they're like, I'm like, you want to do uh, online or you want to do in person? Oh, no, in person. They're like, they're like, they have no care from two years on up to adults. They're, and I'm not saying no care. They're not worried. They're that, the type of people who are inquiring. They want to get back to normal. They want to get back in. They're not really worried about the virus. You know, they're they're like, hey, it's up to you. If you wear masks, we'll wear them. If you don't, we don't. Like, they're not, they don't really, they're not concerned. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah, no, I agree. It is a weird dy- dynamic. Um, most of the people, I would say, you know, 99% of the people that, that we get as an inquiry now, they want to come in. Um and I yeah. don't even present uh, the virtual unless they uh, unless they bring it up. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I'm still. I, I, you know what? Here's another really great thing. So, you know, out of all this chaos comes some some really good things. So, I have a lot of parents, and it, it, it's good and bad. I, I should say, it's like I have a lot of parents that are like, "Oh yeah, we can't make it in tonight. We're just going to do the Zoom classes." You know, it's it's a little too much. You know, I heard the weather's going to be bad. We're just going to Zoom it tonight. You know what I mean? Like. And, uh, and, yep. and that convenience is starting to become a crutch to some extent. But, but at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, like, what do I care? Like, if they're getting a, a subpar class, it's slightly subpar because they're at their home, um, but they're still attending class versus, let, let's say, when we didn't have Zoom, they would just take the night off. They'd say, well, we're not coming in. Class, I'm not going to do class. But they're engaging at home because of that convenience. So I'm almost thinking, like, I might keep Zoom going forever. Like, I'm st- I'm thinking about looking into a multi-camera setup, sort of like, a, you know, you have at a, a three-camera shoot or a two-camera shoot when you're doing a newscast and it goes from one angle. Like, you were just doing before when we were talking. You switched cameras. You had a side view, a front view. If you could get a – and I don't know if our, any of our listeners know, please reach out to me, but I'm looking for a good setup that has its own – split system where it automatically just every whatever timing it randomly will switch from camera angle to camera angle. Um, and I'd love to do that within my school because there are some, like where we have our camera right now, only like three quarters of the school is seen. So I have to pick the camera up and move it around. 
so parents can yeah. sort of change the angle so they can see the kids that are on that side of the room. But I have to say, though, like, you know, if we have 15 kids of capacity in class, let's say, for our space, we still have another 10, 12, 15 on Zoom. So I think it's pretty exciting with, in regards to that stuff. Yeah, you know, I got I got to thinking, you know, one of our sponsors, obviously, is Spark. Uh, maybe right. contacting uh, contacting Spark, and okay, so I I've done graduations uh, and and other things on Facebook, you know where right. where parents can't be in or whatever, yeah, uh, especially black belt graduations, you know Facebook living it, and mm-hmm. and 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 other events besides, but it would be neat to uh, you know kind of like Spark how it sends out the um, you know the link, yeah. To have have a uh, an opportunity for spectators. So a spectator, it would be the same link, obviously. Yeah. But, but uh, you know they would be they they wouldn't have to necessarily be a uh, a student, but they could once they purchase this opportunity and maybe it's free, <clears throat> but right. uh, the um, uh, you know they get put into that that particular roster. And then they get sent the link, you know, on time. That that would yeah, be a well, neat, you could, neat thing. You could do, that would be a great automation. But then it's a one-time thing, and it's a lot of work for all that one time. I would honestly just say we're do we are doing a test this Saturday, so we're going to have parents. Only a few people are able to stay if we even let them stay. Um, uh, we haven't decided yet, and then the rest of them would watch from Zoom in their cars, and and you know the parents. You know what I'm also finding, too, is an interesting thing. At first, parents want to see the Zoom class. They, they're in their car watching Zoom. Then the next day, I'm talking to them a few days later. I'm like, hey, you watching the Zoom class? I'm like, nah, I'm watching a YouTube video. And now now I see them in the car. They're asleep. You know, like they're taking that 45 minutes to an hour to get some downtime and just relax, just like they always used to do. So they once they feel comfortable and they're like, hey, they're back in the class. I know they're safe in the class. They don't have to watch. Um, but, but I do find that it's interesting. So, so the methodology, we walk in, we start our Zoom class, we start loading kids in, um, we allow all the other participants at home into the Zoom class, and now we have this multi, um, faceted kind of training system. Just the other day, my, my dojo from Bermuda, they came in like they've been coming in every other Wednesday to do classes with us. So they, they're set up and they go on Zoom and we teach the class. It's almost like I'm there. Um, you know, I, I like it, but then, they're probably going to get used to that and not fly me in anymore and have me go to Bermuda. They don't have to. Right. Just zoom me in, right? Um, but, you know, it's. I think that it's a really good dynamic. I think it really has helped, uh, and uh, it's something that is here to stay. And if you have a good setup and it's a matter of just clicking the button and really, like, we kind of teach to the Zoom class. I even get my kids at home to try to compete against the kids in the class. I'm like, who's louder? All you kids at home, Joey, Billy, Johnny, you know, I go through the name and I go, I want to hear you guys T.I. And they all yell. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're louder than you guys. And I got them pitted up against each other. So they're interacting. It's kind of fun. And some of them have never met each other either yet. And they've become friends on Zoom. Right. You know, so, they, you know, they, they, they see each other. Oh, my God, Billy's in class. You know, that kind of thing. So that's a pretty awesome, so, awesome thing. So you're, you're looking at the long term and thinking that you're going to keep Zoom forever. I think I am. Uh, I Hey, listen, I might change my mind in, in six months when everything is back to normal, but I think the convenience, too, of the kids who can't come to class that particular
particular day. They were scheduled. Mom got home work from late. Uh, got home late from work. Um, so let me, uh, you know, let me just pop it on. And they, you know, hey, Andrew and, and James and some of my kids, they live quite far. Um, Mom's like, listen, I'm stuck at work again, buddy. You know, she's a frontline worker. Just go on Zoom today. You know, and then that's what they've been training. It's definitely not the same. We know it. Just being in person is just a different energy, and that's exciting. Like the other day I looked out right. my, in my East Isop location. I have a much bigger parking lot than I do in my headquarters, West Isop location. And and um, just to see the parking lot filled with cars, you know, that was just an exciting thing for me, going like, ha, huh. you know, it's, it's still there. You know, uh, you know, I haven't lost it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I I don't know about you. I mean, Zoom was smart where they uh, they sent out all that, you know, thirty uh, percent off type thing if you buy a year. Yeah. And so I went ahead and yeah. bought it just because it was cheaper for me to buy the whole year than it was to keep paying monthly even to the right. end of the year. You know? Yeah, exactly. So well, yeah. I mean, that's great marketing. Speaking of marketing, I just bought these really cool solar lights for my buildings. Right? It's like the street light. And it's but it's totally solar powered and it's this, almost as powerful as a street light. So my electricity bill is huge because I have these big outdoor lights that shine down on my on my east side of location. I have a big par- uh, parking lot area. I have a big playground area, and um, I've had deal to deal with vandalism and theft, and the kids go back there and hide. So with the lighting, it's going to be great. But anyway, I bought these lights and they're totally solar powered, so it's going to take me off the grid for that amount of energy. And um, I thought it was, you would like this. It's just ingenious marketing. They tell me every step of the way my, my order is um, going. So, hey, Allie, we're packing your box. And what we noticed was there's a lot of extra space in the box. And we have these four items that we could fit in that we highly recommend if you wanted to take advantage of a 50% off, blah, blah, blah. Like, And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's great. Like, I'm like, yeah, might as well get it. You know, like, I didn't do it. But at the same time, you know, like, it was just – so smart that they keep communicating and they're kind of like leaving that opportunity for upsells. So um, I like that idea. Like, you know, I don't know, you know, we've spoken about this in the past where we always say, hey, you want a uniform? Do you want a second one with that? Would you like a T-shirt? I could give you, you know, always try to do a two-for-one kind of sale. Um, I think a lot of times we also drop the ball. Everyone knows this rule. Everyone talks about it. But I don't think a lot of people do it as well as they should. When someone says, hey, I'd like to come in for a trial class, we don't say, would you like to bring a friend? You know, if you want, you could bring a friend. You know, can you call them and see if you're, listen, you know, free, that kind of thing. You know, and then yep. you turn one trial into two trials, into three trials maybe, that kind of, that kind of thing. So it's always well, that and even out of, Yeah, even out of ten trials, if one brings them in, now you have eleven trials, and now you just up right. your percentages. So if you yeah. do 100 trials in a year, you actually, you know, did 100, uh, 111 trials that year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it's always good to go to go to 11, right? Number 11. <laughs> you know, yeah. Tess, I tell my daughter the other day, like, I, I just realized that, you know, my Tesla, and Elon Musk is such a genius, but he's so so funny and quirky. Everything goes to an 11 on a Tesla. Really? So, so – yeah, it's so like the volume goes to 11, the the air conditioner levels go to 11, like because it's from that movie Spinal Tap, where it's like everything goes um, to 11. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'm not just going to go to 10. I'm going to we go to 11. You know, that was that movie where the band had their amplifiers set so they could go to 11. It's always that one notch higher than 10, you know. 
So Elon Musk has that programmed in, so you could go to an eleven. That's funny. It's, it's so mm-hmm. funny. Like, it, imagine being a billionaire and being able to just do things like that. I told my daughter, "How fun!" He's like, "I want everything in my cars to go to an 11. Like, that's the main thing. <laughs> it's kind of well, but it's the small little detailed things that 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 are important and make a difference. I think you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Make it fun. You know, that's cool. So, so we just said we were going to kind of chat about you know a few different things like just kind of off the cuff and I know we're kind of doing that now for our listeners so so I, I had one thing that I wanted to discuss with you and get your opinion on it so and I know we've talked about this probably numerous times over the 250 some odd calls right what are we at now 260 251 251 251 that's crazy right like this is incredible and by the way proud to do it and now so proud because spark membership the software that we both use came on as a sponsor to help keep us going, right? We have a few other people out there, Elite Insights. My website company is sponsoring the broadcast. Um, you're working on some things with some health coaching that you do um, that you, you we're going to probably talk about soon and uh, get people involved with that if they want to really bring their health back and bring their life back. I mean, because you lost how much? 40-some-odd pounds? And yeah, 40. That's incredible. That's just amazing. And, um, and then we also have a few other... Uh, suppliers that are looking to sponsor us as well. But anyway, so, um, you know, my one thing for you, my question for you is, like, how do you stay motivated? I know that I'm getting I, – I seem to be that guy that friends of mine in my area, and even I got a call all the way from Albany, New York, from a woman the other day, 9.30 at night, no less, um, and said, hey, uh, Sensei, what, what are we doing about opening? Like I have, a, I have a thing called New York State Martial Art Task Force. I started a Facebook page just for New York martial artists to kind of navigate through this quarantine and the shutdown and whether we're allowed to open and what paperwork we should have, if, you know, and so on. Um, so I get calls all the time, and this lady's like, you know, and then we got to talking, and she's like, you know, how do you stay motivated? Like my sensei, it's her. That's what she said. My sensei, he's just so demotivated. He asked me to call you because he just doesn't have the energy to do it anymore. And like, oh, so how? You know what I mean? Like, you've been kind of beaten so much. A lot of people are closing down. They're just at the point where they're going like, hey, I, I, you know, I'm closing my school. I don't want to fight anymore. You know, how how do we motivate each other? You and I motivate each other. But how how do you stay motivated? How do you? Well, we've kind of, yeah, we've kind of talked about this. I mean, you got to surround yourself with individuals that are going to, you know, pick you up and not be downers. I mean, every... And look, every once in a while, you and I will get on a call and we'll just, you know, crap on each other. And, and uh, I clean up your mess, you clean up mine, you know, and yeah. afterwards we're like, okay, yeah, you know, thanks for wiping my butt. I'm ready to go back out again. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right, right. you know, yeah. um, I think having a good, uh, a good partner. I know, you know, uh, Nicole's a, a great partner for you and you're down and she's yeah. able to say, you know, hey, look. You know, uh, my wife, same thing, you know, hey, look, you know, you, you, you've gone through hard things before. Um, I, right. I like the concept that, uh, you know, and I know I bring him up a lot, but Grandmaster Hafner uh, always talked about is, you know, you can, you know, you got to teach your kids, but you also got to teach your students uh, that you can do hard things. Right. You can do hard things. Um, and if you just understand that, uh, you can do hard things. And I just, I really truly believe that, you know, obviously, uh, my faith in Christ is, is what sustains me. But, um, I, I really truly believe that, 
you know, everything that I've gone through and some of the stuff we've talked about, a lot of it we talked personally about, but uh, there are a few things that we've talked on air about as well. And I just really believe that if, if I was if I was meant to shut down, it would have already done happen uh, because of a lot of stuff that has gone on. I mean, this one we've talked about on air before, but uh, I, I literally had an instructor that worked for me that left here one night, uh, went and, and uh, took his girlfriend, his girlfriend's mom, his girlfriend's friend and kid hostage with a shotgun ending up letting the girlfriend's friend and little kid go, and they walked all the way, uh, they were probably about a half a mile or three-quarters of a mile away from a fire station. Obviously told the fire department, they called 911. Well, he ended up taking the life of his girlfriend and girlfriend's mom and then killing himself, leaving his two kids, leaving his two kids to still be at my studio. Um... You know, I, I really thought that my, um, you know, my, the parents here were going to be like, well, look, you're a horrible, horrible judge of character. You had him teaching our kids. You know, yeah. I mean, just y- you can only imagine the things that went through my head. And there's a ton of stuff that yeah. we did um, to be as proactive as we possibly could throughout that whole situation. Even even down to I had a um, uh, uh, a therapist come in and, you know, talk to the kids and be there for them and they could contact the therapist and just, I mean, I, I did everything I possibly could do. Yeah. So, and there's, and there's other things that, you know, I'm not going to share, but, uh, right. I just, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I figure well, if I'm supposed to be closed by now, uh, I am yeah. a fatalist. So I really believe what is meant to be is going to happen. So that, that, that yeah. could be a bad thing. That could be a good thing. Um, but I just think if God wanted me to be closed, uh, I would be closed. Yeah, and, and listen, I, and listen, I'm all for spirituality and faith and belief, and you know that's a great thing. Like my mom always used to say it, and I believe in it too. What's meant to be is meant to be, right? However, um, I think I think you can change like, things. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. But that's my point. It's like so many people have not um, have not really. Uh, prepared for this. Like, you know that this shows about it, like those doomsday preppers, right? You know, they have bunkers filled with years of food and, and you know, it's nothing le- less than, and I'm kind of like a prepper to some extent. Like, I always have a good amount of food. I always have a, a sample, a set of water. You know, I, when our electricity went off, we could still cook because my gas is on my stoves and I have, this, you know, all the stuff prepared. Um, you know, you just should be thinking. That's what I believe martial artists are supposed to do, right? We're always talking about, you know, being aware of the situation. Someone's aggressive, how they stand, posturing, right, and all that other stuff. And we should be able to see those cues and prepare ourselves, pull back, you know. Um, some of the people call those microaggressions now. I think my daughter gets so annoyed at a microaggression. She learned it in school. And uh, she she called me that day. She was furious, and she said, "Hey, Dad, um, have you ever heard of a microaggression?" I'm like, I, "No, I've never heard of the term. You want me to look it up?" She said, "No, I'll explain it to you." And I'm so annoyed. My teacher, my professor, you know, said, "Like, you know, you know, we're walking down the street, and 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 there's a group of kids or people. They look, you know, a little sketchy on the corner. If I grasp my pocketbook a little tighter, or I go to the other side of the road, they say that's wrong. That's a microaggression. You're doing that because you are." 
prejudice or a bigot or you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, classifying those people as whatever category, thugs, gangsters, mobs, you know, whatever. And I said, no, Kiara, what that means is your dad always taught you to be prepared. That's it. You know, always think <laughs> yep. ahead. Like, you know, I taught her as a young kid. I don't know if you know the term, but when you do firearms and tactical firearms, when you look around a corner, you pie the corner. So if this is the corner and you're looking, you kind of pie when you look so you can see further into the corner without exposing your head. So I taught her at, at like five years old to pie the corner. So when she's coming around a corner, not to say she always does this because she's most of the time she has a stupid phone in her hand. Sure, but yeah. But I, but I taught her to pie the corner. So, so I'm like, you are, what are you supposed to do? She's like, uh, you know, just the other day, I'm, I'm pie in the corner, Dad, right? I'm pie in the corner. You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> so, so preparation is everything, isn't it? You know, it's about get, being prepared. And I think a lot of the schools were like just at the red, barely covering expenses, you know, didn't have any money in the savings, really like living like 90% of the people in the country, maybe even higher, they live paycheck to paycheck. And, um, you know, thank God, and I'm not bragging that, you know, Nicole and I hadn't had to once dip into our savings. We hadn't to, the dojos hadn't dipped into their savings. Uh, they still made money enough to cover all expenses. I did everything I needed to do, like you, the forbearances and post, postponing certain bills. And everyone was very, very understanding. My mortgage company. Oh, yeah. I even got even my SBA loan on my building, which just to show how the government really did help out me, um, you know, my SBA loan wasn't forbear. They didn't push it off. They literally paid it for eight months. So my mortgage was paid all the way. It's paid all the way until September. I don't have to pay it. And it actually is a payment. They're paying the full amount. It's coming off my principal and interest and everything. It was paid by a grant from the, from the SBA loan approval from the government. So I, I'm just saying that I think people need to prep a little bit more. They have to be a little bit aware that if this if this does come back, what are they going to do then? Are they going to definitely shut down, or are they right now taking the time to prep for that to happen? What right. are their or the next thing? Do? Yeah, what's but, next? Yeah. Right, because the, a precedent has been set. You know, you shut our country down, um, which. Uh, you know, look, I'm not here to argue whether that should have happened or shouldn't happen. All I'm saying is now the precedent has been set. And yeah. so, therefore, uh, it will be a lot easier to do it the second time. And we right. we need to get our act together, you know. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of Dave Ramsey, but he's got a great course on, on getting out of debt and all that other stuff. And, and Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, I've yeah, never read it. Yeah. I would uh, I would push people to do his his course because yeah. that that will put you in the best position possible. Well, that's what you know. Listen, if I were to give any business advice, it, it, you know, and and I've lived both scenarios. So actually, I've lived them back and forth a few times. Like when I was younger, everything was about debt free. You know, like I would I would work and take all my money and pay bills off, pay my mortgages off. I wanted to be debt free. You know which is a great philosophy. Then there are those mortgage experts and real estate tycoons, and I've done their seminars, where they say, no, 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 leverage the bank's money. So if you get a mortgage on a home and it's 2000 and you rent that property for 2500 let the bank deal with the leveraging, and you keep that 500 a month and make a fortune. Um, but now I'm 55, going on 56, uh, and I'm literally back into that whole, I want to be totally debt-free. <clears throat> I sold off a few pieces of real estate. You know, I'm paying off all my bills. Like, I, I've got a consolidation loan from the SBA, by the way. I just got approved. I haven't gotten the money yet. But it's like a 30-year loan, and um, it's like 
other debts, and I'm literally going to go from $4,000 a month in debt of uh, bills, right, to a $551 a month payment. So I'm going to have a $3,500 a month savings um, to be able to do that. Yep, that's nice. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's so, just about smart preparation, right? Absolutely, yeah. So staying motivated, um, I I know is is uh, probably difficult, but like we've said before, getting having a good friend, having good support groups, you know, around you, family, those type of things, and not all family members, obviously, but you know, good good family members that are that are around you uh, is going to be important. Give Allie a call, give me a call, you know, uh, happy to, but happy to help out, but but um, you know, we don't want we. I look at it this way, you know, it's, we, we want to be hanging out with a group of problem solvers, not complainers. And it's okay to complain and say, man, this sucks, but what am I going to do? Right? Right. I mean, that's kind of, right. that's kind of the caveat at the end is, yeah, this sucks, but what am I going to do? Um, and yeah. how am I going to get out of this? Or, you know, what do I need to do to set myself up? And, you know, all those things. Right. And so you, you just make sure you ask the right questions um, in order to get the right answers. And then take action. You know, you had brought up something before about, uh, you know, a lot of people know this, but they don't do it. Well, then, you know, you, you well, who was it? Uh, I think it was Covey. I think Stephen Covey said something like, you know, knowing and knowing and not doing really is not knowing. Right, right, right. And I'm paraphrasing, well, I, I, that's basically. I basically did a call on that the other day, and I used our saying, like, you, you, we've spoken, probably used this a thousand times throughout our calls, is you don't know what you don't know. Right, so if, if you expect people to understand things, they have to be taught them. Right, like we always, we we might say, and, and I have to tell you, and I don't know about you, Dwayne, but I swear to God, like this last six month shutdown literally took whatever bit of common sense that I, you know, and, and again, that saying common sense is not so common, but I mean, it almost like dropped the kids' IQ by twenty five points. Like they've forgotten. What the, and I'm, I'm amazed, like, I, dude, I'm really literally, I'm showing people, like, if you could see this in the camera, um, and I'll say, grab the bow under. I can't find my, there we go, grab the bow under, not over, right? Grab it under, and I'm saying under. Take your hand, this hand, and I'll tap it with my bow, and I'll say, go under. And they, they do, they can't figure that out. Like, I'm blown away by the simple and I want to say logical processing, being able to see things and just do them, um, they've lost that ability. And it's a good majority of, of children that do that. Does that make sense? It's crazy. It does. Uh, yeah, well, I was talking to a parent, and she was basically saying, you know, it's kind of like PTSD. These kids have PTSD. And, and uh, you know, at first when she said that, I'm like, there's no way that this is any equivalent to war. <laughs> right. Just the, no equivalent. But then I started thinking, okay, if I was six years old and my parents had the television on all the time and they're, that's, that, that is all the conversation that's happening and it's not a good conversation, um, I guess I might have some PTSD. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you definitely do. And by the way, Master Chung Park is on watching us right now and he said good morning. Oh, he said awesome. You know, I guess what we're talking about. And uh, of course, he's one of the owners of Spark. So, Great to have you here. We, by the way, sir, we talked about the software already and your sponsorship with us, so we appreciate you. But yeah, so so you're right though. Think about like so PTSD, um, post traumatic, post 
what is it, post-stress traumatic disorder? I forget the PTSD, you know, post-traumatic, yeah, whatever, PTSD. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know the exact terminology. What is, so, uh, it's post, yeah, it's post-traumatic stress uh, disorder. Disorder, right, yeah. So that is based on a, an event that is uh, severe, but whatever that severe event in your life is, right? So it could be a wife or a that gets beaten by her husband or um, a person who's had multiple car accidents, right? It could be, you know, a kid who gets bullied in school. They're all, they're all things that are, that are uh, triggered by this whatever stress. So to, to whatever layer we might think like, hey, you know, people have it when they're in war, but cops also have it if they've been in a shootout, um, you know, or if, they, if someone was held hostage, you know, they, they hear a loud noise, you know. Whatever the case may be. So, yeah, these kids have definitely been dealing with this. You take a six-year-old who's got limited understanding of the world, and now you make them wear masks, and they're talking about this virus, and they're, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a whole bunch of scary stuff going on. However, I don't blame PTSD for the lack of education, or be, I blame the parents for letting them sit idle so long on their iPads for six months doing nothing. You know, yeah. and that's the biggest problem. And, and I find this, even forget about, you know, po- uh, pre-COVID, um, I find there to be a major issue with, uh, you know, parents. There, there are certain groups of people, you probably have this too, where um, certain parents are super disciplined. They, they, you know, they're hard on their kids. They want them to act a certain way. They want them to be totally respectful. Then there are the others that are just like, no, I don't want to force them to do anything. I don't want to yell at him, I don't want to raise my voice, even though he set the kitchen on fire, I'm, you know, just listen, buddy, don't do that again, you know, like, that whole entire attitude, and I think it's, that yeah. guide is kind of ruining these children for the future. Well, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with regards to these kids, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, um, you know, when they're wiping our butts, when we're in the nursing yeah. home, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but listen, let me, um, you got a lot of butt wiping stories today. <laughs> I work with kids. What do you expect? <laughs> exactly. Um, how about this, though, Dwayne? I think that this is the perfect time. You know, I think many martial arts schools made the mistake to be considered more of a sports-type school or like a glorified daycare where parents could bring their kids to train and learn martial arts, but they stopped talking about the traditions, and I don't mean traditions in my sense, which is the lineage and the history and the culture, although um, even Master Park, he comes from a long line of martial artists, you know, grandfather and father, grandfather, and so on. Even even Master Cell, uh, he, his mom, and, you know, is a grandmaster, and, you know, so there's a lot of lineage there, but I'm talking more about that whole entire discipline aspect of the martial arts that parents need more than ever. Right, so I had a mom the other day say to me, you know, we're not sure if we're going to continue. Our son is, you know, he's getting bored. I go, well, I'm even back for three weeks. How's he getting bored? He must have gotten bored. And now we got to snap him out of it. And I'm like, you brought him to me because you had a list of four or five things that you wanted me to help you with. Has, has that changed? Well, no, but it's not really, you know, working. Of course it's not working. He's been on Zoom, and I have to say this to a parent, and you let him run around the living room. No one's there to guide him, hold a pad, talk to him, keep him, snap him back. So when he's sitting in the back of the room on the couch and I'm saying, get over here, and he doesn't listen, what can I do about that? Like, if I had him in right. my classroom, I would fix that. Like, you know, so um, so really, it's, we're needed more so now than ever. And I honestly believe that that should be part of our marketing approach, right? That should be what we're talking about in our ads. 
you know, how we can help them regain all of these things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're the only sport that can engage your child at this point, you know. And yeah. and we and really, really, uh, you know, we're the only sport that not only uh, can engage your child, but we're the only sport uh, that has been engaging your child all along. You right. know, and and we're the you know we're the sport that's teaching the character development. We're the sport that's teaching the uh, uh, anti-abduction, the the bully prevention. We're the sport that right. that teaches mental mental toughness and grit and stick to itiveness. We're the sport that has you know levels for them to move up in, and we're the sport that everybody gets to play, um, no matter your capability or abilities, and everybody progresses at their own pace. Um, right. You know, we, we, we definitely have a sport that does that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you've said sport a number of times. I, I personally never use the word sport when referring to my school because I want them to know the absolute difference that it's not in the category. And, and this is where we had a problem in New York State too, that we were under the same mindset, the governor of gyms. Like they said, we're, we're a gym. Well, we're not a gym so far from a gym. We're more so like, you know, a church or a, a, a vocational school or a uh, public school. Like, we're, we're an educational facility. We're not, we're not just an activity. And I think people forget that. They're like, oh, you know, a lot of times parents will say, yeah, I want to get my kid into something. Well, it's okay, but martial arts is I something know. very, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a lot more detail. And parents, I think, don't understand, too, if, you, if they go to a real serious school, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of rules and regulations and a lot of responsibility on the parents' part. They think yes. it's just like, a, you know, I'm sorry uh, his uniform was in the wash. Well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones, he can't come to class without his uniform. And now we're, I mean, I find this at home where I always am yelling at the kids. I'm going, I notice you still, you have a blue shirt on your gi. You know we're not allowed to do that. Does anything change at home? You haven't left the house. You couldn't have prepared a half an hour before to have your full uniform. You know, like. Where is the consistency? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. So I wonder, though, like, I don't wonder. I know that this is a big problem when it comes to, and by the way, listen, I'm hard on some kids or adults. I'm hard on them. And I always tell them, I am hard on you because I love you. I'm not hard on you because I don't like you. Right? Right. Well, yeah, if you, if, it, it, well, it's the whole, uh, really, I mean, we were doing this before, Rudy Giuliani, but, you know, the broken windows thing. It, you right. know, the concept that some small little thing needs, it needs to be addressed because if you don't address the small little things, the huge things are going to become acceptable. And you know, it's funny, our, I hate to say this, but our city, it's my city, is becoming like a cesspool again. Like the oh, yeah. other day, my daughter has a specialist for her doctor in Manhattan, and um, we're like, we don't want to take a trip into the city. It's just, and, and, my daughter's mom's uh, boyfriend is a cop. He's like, yeah, if you can, just stay out of Manhattan for now. You know, and it's like, who would think that you wouldn't go into a place because you're afraid you're going to get mugged, attacked, you know, killed, whatever. Um, it's disgusting. They're allowing graffiti on the roo- on the buildings again. People could urinate on the street and not get in trouble. Like, you know, like if you just feel like going to the bathroom, you just take care of your business right then and there. Like, so anyway, I, I mean, it's kind of funny that, you know, that, and that's the extreme, but if you think about it, with parenting or students, if we just allow them to do what they want, show up how they want, do it how they feel they should do it, then we're not teaching the lesson 
that we promised to teach in the first place. And that's a big problem these days, where people forget that we have a job. We, we told them we're going to teach them discipline, self-discipline, in spite of the parents, right? In spite of, uh, you know, whoever's not coming prepared to class, that kind of thing. Well, okay, so we don't want to call it a sport. It is a lifestyle. Right. Right? Um, but we teach way more than kicking and, and punching. Right. Right? That's my logo. It's not just kicking and punching. It's the martial arts and beyond. That's my meme. Right. But um, I also think that, you know, parents want their kids to uh, have, and I'm holding on their quote fingers, have something right. to do. They're trying to find that child's niche. Right. And thank so you I don't think that, that, yeah. I hate when I people hate. say niche. <laughs> niche, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I, and I, so I don't think that that's wrong, I, you know, but I do, you know, for them to say that, but I think it's important for us to educate them that, yes, we, we will, we, we're going to make your, your child a martial arts athlete. And, right. But a, a martial arts athlete is different than a normal athlete. Correct. Because these are the things, these are the things that, martial arts athleticism encompasses yeah. and it encompasses it encompasses the mental the physical the spiritual it encompasses you know um uh social emotional uh toughness uh yeah. you know it, it covers you know so there's an array of things that and so i i i think that that's what needs to be conveyed so that they know that it's more than kicking and punching, like you said. It's, yeah. it's the martial arts and, and beyond. But I, I think so many, um, so many people, though, too, need to understand that there's, there's an athlete or athleticism portion to the martial arts. Because I think sometimes, you know, oh, yeah. and you know this to be true, right? There are, quote, unquote, McDojos and, and whatever you want to call it where the, the kids are just getting, they show up, they get it. They don't have to perform. They just, right, you know, get it. And I, I think there does need to be an, uh, a, a, an overarch that says, you know, look, there's, there's an athleticism portion to this. There's a scholar portion to this. There is a, you know, integrity portion to this. And unless you are meeting the expectations in all of these areas as defined, and they need to be defined, um, you know, you're not going to move up. You're not going to get graduated. You're not going to earn your next yeah. rank. You know what's interesting, Dwayne? You you just said something that triggered a thought that went all the way back to when we did our free, um, what was the giveaway called, the martial art, uh, the, the, the this handout that we had on our website? Manifesto? Yeah, the manifesto. We talked about the pillars of success. Right. So I, I think that people are martial arts schools are afraid to turn off other other, uh, you know, uh, parents or prospects because they don't want it to sound like military. Right. Like like, you know, they're joining the military. But there are certain pillars that we teach within the martial arts. So we may want to get back to that as school owners to be able to say, you know, hey, listen, there are the, the five pillars that the, the essence of our school is, you know, respect. And we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we hold our children and our students 
to a certain level of respect. They bow when they come in. They bow when they leave. They say yes sir, no sir. They talk to their parents respectfully at home, um, et cetera, et cetera. Then the next one might be physicality. They got to, you know, have a certain level of athleticism. They have to be able to do certain push-ups, sit-ups, exercises, you know. And we'd have these pillars. So we'd have to say these are the pillars that we're looking for from a parent. And we want you to be okay with the five pillars of, of our school so that you understand that all of these things are required of you as a parent. And you're going to be there to support that endeavor. You're not going to just say it's okay not to wear your uniform. Mommy left it in the wash. Just go to class anyway. You're going to make sure that you're as serious about having them prepared and so on. My teacher, Sheehan Vasquez uh, from, from well, Brooklyn or Queens, um, Ridgewood, Queens, he would – if we didn't iron our uniform, we had those canvas keys, we'd have to spray starch them and iron them before class. If our uniforms had a wrinkle in it, he'd send you home. Like, I remember one of my students, he was this floppy kid, always, he was one of my students, right? So I'd bring him with me to tournaments to kind of help him. And my teacher, Sean Vasquez, one time said, you know, you don't listen, you never have your uniform ironed. You know, and he said, yeah, I know, I didn't have my iron, you know, and he goes, okay, while we're out competing, you sit on these bleachers right now and you iron your uniform with your butt. And you keep going back and forth until it heats up enough until that the wrink. And he'd send me in every 20 minutes to see if the wrinkles were out. It was like an hour and 40 minutes before he got most of the wrinkles out by sliding back and forth on the bench. And he said, if he doesn't do it, send him home. You know, and that's those were the things that I remembered, you know. He didn't care that I drove an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and 10 minutes in traffic to Ridgewood, Queens. If I forgot my uniform top, he'd go, I don't have one to lend to you. Go home. You can't work out without it. My teacher in Japan did that to someone who traveled to Japan and forgot his pants. He said, well, they have these for sale in Tokyo. You could go an hour and a half on the train to go get it, but you can't train it. It took him two days before, out of his eight-day trip before he got a uniform, before he was able to work out because he forgot his uniform. My teacher didn't care that he paid thousands of dollars to get there. He just said, what do you expect from me? You can't work out without a uniform. <laughs> so we have to really be a little bit more, um, and I think parents will appreciate that. I really do. I believe most parents. Well, I tell, I tell the parents right up in front that, you know, uh, we, we're going to have fun, but we don't mess around. And we do follow the rules. Right. And we, and you know, we've talked about this on the podcast that we have strikes. And if you don't bring your, 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 uh, information, your stuff with you, you get a strike. Um, obviously if you don't have your, um, uniform, uh, top and bottom, I'll let you come into the class without a belt and I'll give you a strike. You know, yeah. um, I'll let you, but you can't come in without your top, you can't come in without your top or bottom. Right. You just can't do it. You know, uh, right. if you forget your sparring gear, I give you a strike. You know, there's yeah. just, and then we have a certain amount of strikes before you can't test that, that, that quarter. Yeah. You know, I, and I believe some people might be like, wow, you're an extremist. You know, like, give me a break. That's not what this is all about. I want my kid to learn self-confidence and you're stripping it away from him. And the answer is you're not. You're, you're giving it to them. It's the parents that are not, they're not working in unison with you or I to help make their kids better. And, and I have to tell you, like, I've just for some strange reason, I've been bumping into a lot of people that have had their kids in my school years and years and years ago. A guy just yesterday said, listen, my son's 30 now. And I have to tell you that he actually is a better kid because of what you taught him. And he didn't make his black belt, but then he went away to college, used a purple belt. But all those years of being with you, three, four years, whatever it was, has changed him, literally changed his way of thinking 
and he's a much better kid. And I had a kid who just reached out to me. He's also 30. He trained with me when he was a kid. In 2004, he sent me a certificate at Purple Belt. He said that at some point after he left my school, he got attacked and he was stabbed four or five times. But he was able to run away, defend himself as best as he could, run away and hide and then call for help. And he said that he kept himself alive by calming himself down all through what he learned in the martial arts. His words, not mine. So we never know as instructors, like, what where what the long game is. And even if they quit, how much we've helped those individuals. And it's all through the martial discipline. I've never heard someone say, hey, I, you know, because I played soccer my whole life, I was able to, you know, uh, you know, work. You know, it did it, – those sporting things, I'm not putting sports down, but they just don't have the deep – dive into life change that we do in our our uh, you know schools yep yeah yeah you know that got me thinking now that you bring that up i i think i want to go through the list of uh like older people that i had years and years and years ago and maybe contact them and their parent and see if yeah. they can do a, a zoom zoom call zoom recording and, and just ask them you know uh i'm looking for testimonials I'm looking for, you know, practical, you know, years later, how did the martial arts equip you, you know, for what Absolutely. you're doing now or things that you've gone through in your life? Because now I'm thinking, now that you say this, I'm thinking that needs to be spread out throughout the training uh, to educate the parent and the kid, uh, both, by the way. Right. Um, you know, maybe they get a success story. And, gosh, I've been doing this for for. for 20 some odd years now, I should have enough to have, you know, four years every quarter easily, you know, one success story easily, right? You know, yeah, so and to, you know, to take that person all the way to black belt. Yeah, and you know what's kind of cool? Like, I just posted a picture on my Facebook page today, just this morning before we started our call, and um, it's an old picture of a seminar that Adam Lux, a good friend of mine from Deluxe Karate, did at my school seven years ago. But when I was looking at all the faces of those kids in the picture, um, they were all underbelts. They weren't black belts. But all of them in that picture had gone on to getting their black belts. And now, obviously, there's only like two or three out of the 20 that are still training. Um, and uh, they're black belts now. But all the people who would, you know, train that got their black belts have either quit, moved on, they're away at college, and so on. Like when I'm on my Instagram feed, I still take and stay in touch with a lot of these black belts. And I have a group of like 10 black belt girls that are now in their graduation final year of college. And I always write to them. I'm like, wow, I'm so proud of what you've accomplished. Like my, I'm so proud of my black belt girls that have gotten to the point where you're such a powerful young woman. And a few of them are traveling the world. One's in Milan. The other one's here. They're, they're so independent. They're graduating. They're graduated. They have new jobs. Uh, I mean, and that's the kind of stuff that we we help. And, and they've said it. I mean, I've asked them, have you used the martial arts in your everyday life? And I don't mean in a physical sense. I mean, like, you know, in that spiritual, mental, you know, that kind of thing. And then how did it help you? And then a lot of the parents will tell me, like, my next-door neighbor owns a building to my to my left in my, uh, in my school, and um, his two kids were black belts with me, and I just saw them recently. They're in their 30s. He says, I have to tell you, they're, they're better kids because of you. He said to me, he goes, you know, I'm not always home. He said the martial arts stuck with them in their lives, and they use that. They talk about it still. This is what I would do as a black belt dad, you know, that kind of thing. Yep, so I'm like, yep. it's some super highly valuable lessons if we do it the right way. If not, and we're a belt factory, and we're just promoting, 
and we're not teaching the spiritual lessons or that discipline of the martial arts and the traditions, which I know there are a lot of guys I argue with that are in the business. What is tradition? You know, it doesn't mean anything. You know, the tradition is nothing more than a set of rules made very well, 400 years ago. Well, I don't believe in that. I believe the there's tradition an value. There's an identity factor that is important, and the identity factor comes from tradition. You know, yeah. when you find out your heritage and where you came from and all that stuff, that's that really especially for a kid when they start to learn those things that really roots that's that's that that tradition actually makes them um a better individual it really does yeah. because it it uh, gives them some ground to start to build from um that right. tradition so why would we why would we not have that in um you know in the martial arts i mean if you stop and you think about it Again, use the word sport. I don't want to use the word activity, but whatever. We really are the only activity or sport that has traditions. Because, I mean, if you, uh, traditions that are, I would say, more rich. Because if you right. talk about the tradition of football, whether it be American football or European football, you know, it's not as uh, sexy, if you will, as the tradition yeah. of a martial art. Um basketball, hockey, there are, yes, there are uh, maybe some traditions on how it got started, but it's not as rich and it's not as meaningful as the martial arts. So why would we, why would we take that away from the uh, student? No, and you know, that's so true. And that's why I argue the fact, and of course, there's so many semantics and little tiny innuendos that people will argue, you know, like, why do we bow? You know, that's not important. Why do we wear a pair of pajamas? That's so silly. You know, but, but I think, though, it's the, it's the very essence of, you know, what we do. You know, so, for example, in the military, I mean, and, and by the way, people still forget that martial means military. Martial arts means military arts. Yet there are so many schools that are so far from the military arts, the martial part, um, that they're, they're nothing more than an art. Even the MMA systems, too, they're not a martial art. And, and what I mean by that is no insult to MMA. It's a, it's a mixture of many different collections of fighting styles, but it's not necessarily a martial art. For example, you know, in the military, there's a hierarchy. Learning how to respect your seniors, learning how to respect the generals, the sergeants, the, 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 you know, all the people in line, learning how to have that mental discipline. Um, learning how to have respect for the actual organization of the military. It doesn't matter what country you come from, but that patriotism towards your country, the love that you have right. for your system, your martial arts style, and the patriotism spills into your bloodstream. You know, having pride in how you look, how you dress, how you prepare, how you do all these things. Those are so much more than just little rules that we have. It's not a rule. It's it's a it's a lifestyle. You know, they, you know, why do people in the military put their clothes away in a certain order, put their gun away in a certain order? And they do that just in case the, the crap hits the fan and, boom, bombs are flying. They know exactly where to go and, and how to get dressed in that sequence. They're not looking going, oh, where did I put my gun? I forgot yeah. where I put my gun today. Where's my ammunition? Oh, I, man, where did I put it? No, it's like it's literally in steps one through eight, you know, and that's the way everyone lives. And then, then people come out. 
understanding the concept of that, and then they apply it to their life. Well, and if you understand, the most successful individuals have routines. They just do. Right. They have they have an evening routine. They have a morning <laughs> routine. They have you know they they run their life on a routine. And what is it? It's a successful routine. Now that doesn't mean you have to have the same exact routine, but the, but the but you do need to have a you need to have a myriad of, myriad of successful routines: morning, evening, right. afternoon, pre your routine pre work, your routine at the end of work. I mean, there's yep. just so what we are doing is we are building, in the martial arts, we're bu- building successful routines. What does that mean? How do you respond? Yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You respond respectfully. Right. You know, there, there are there are specific routines that need to, to uh, uh, that breed success. And that's one of the things right. that we do in the martial arts is, in, in, in the, the true essence of martial arts, uh, I'm not saying that you can't have a respectful person that just goes to a shorts and t-shirt, you know, uh, right. boxing gym, whatever, that, you know, or, or MMA gym. I'm not saying that you can't have that. But there is a portion, I believe, that, that is missed if we do not, if we do not teach, um, right, some sort of, uh, successful routines, whether it be the particular heritage that your art came from, or another one, but I think we're doing a disservice if it's just all physical information. And you know what's interesting? Like when I mentioned MMA, I, I again I'm an MMA fan, and I have so many friends who are MMA fighters. You know, you know people that are world-renowned UFC champions that I, I know very well. Um, but I can tell you that the one interesting thing is if you look at traditions of the martial arts, and you look at one of the most famous families is the Gracie family. Hoist, you know, all of those guys stemming off to Henzo and, and, you know, Hickson and all of the guys, right? They're very traditional. They're, you know, the, the way they bow, the way they dress, they, they have, their system is so ingrained in a whole spiritual transformation down to the diet, the Gracie diet, um, and, uh, you know, how they teach. And from what I have, I have a good friend, John Gason, he uh, trains personally with Hoist. And he says, voice is like Master Miyagi in many ways. So ask him questions that really clarify, like, why why do you do your choke five times and then and, and 20 times and 40 times, you know, that kind of thing. So so you learn how to do it in every situation. Like, he'll ask these very philosophical questions, and he teaches that way. And I've seen him teach, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's their approach, you know. And it's a very... That it's an entire brand, but at the same time, it's it's a lifestyle for the people who dig in deep enough, and it's life transforming. So I think that a lot of schools need to get back to that in their marketing, in their approach to selling their school, to talking about their school, to teaching in their school. We have to go back to that approach where we're we're not like any other sport, we're not like any other you know activity. We are we have a thing that even if they do it for three or four years just three or four years, or maybe two or three years, solidly, they're going to have stuff, tools that will change their life forever. No doubt. Yes. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we're, we're in charge of our tribe and, you know, we need, we need our, our, our tribe to, um, you know, and not everybody's going to have the buy-in, but there needs to be a buy-in to the tribe. And when everybody is bought in, you know, we don't all get along all the time, and it's just like any family. But when everybody's right. bought in, there's so many more things that can happen. You know, I I I, I tell parents, you know, look, we um, we we teach 
uh, authoritative, but, but we're going to use influence over authority. And it's not to say that authority won't step in when influence decides not to work, because it will. Right. But if right. I can get your child to respect me for my personality over my position, um, then there's going to be so much more that I can do with them and they're going to be able to do with me. But if they only respect me because of my position, uh, yeah, they'll do it because of the position. But but they're, we're not going to have a connection and they're not going to grow uh, like they could. Right. And so there there's a multiple factors that need to be taken into consideration. You know, it's yeah. not just my way or the highway, even though that's true to a certain degree. But uh, there needs to be, multi, you know, there needs to be this two-way communication that happens, but but right. ultimately the buy-in, the buy-in that yep I want my I see the product that's happening from the individuals that are here. I want my kid or myself, whatever it is, to be a part of this because I can see that on the end of this that there there is there's this the uh, the qualities, the success, the physicality, all those things are being met by all of these other individuals, and that's what I want. So I'm going to buy into that. Yeah. So so I just discovered it was my browser that didn't have the sound and audio. That was the problem. So I switched to Mozilla, and I can hear us on there. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, But anyway, so, yeah, I agree with you, Dwayne, 100%. Everything you said is just so on point. I do feel that sometimes um, – you know, school owners are afraid to turn people off because sometimes the industry has told them, you know, uh, no, don't do this, you know, and so on. I, I mean, I always said, <clears throat> you don't need a 1,000 students. If you want them, that's great. But if you had, like, 300 students, would you be happy? Um, could you make a huge living? Um, and the answer is yes, yes, and yes, right? So so do we need – we maybe have to go through a 1,000 people to find those 300 people that are very much – into the mindset that we have and build that tribe, right? Um, unfortunately, right. a lot of parents, uh, you know, they're they're just bringing their kids for an activity, just like they bring them to sports. And just like I said before, where they start off watching on Zoom and the next thing they're watching a YouTube video and then now they're falling asleep in their car, it goes from, right. like, listen, I feel comfortable, let them do their thing, I'm good with that, I'm going to take a break. But we want to have people that are engaging. We want the parents to engage in their kids' training. Want, and I don't mean training themselves, but I want them to understand what we do, <laughs> the mental lessons we teach, and be behind it 100% and stick with the, you know, what we do and, and reinforce what we do at home. And that's super, super important. And I think that that's not the selling feature that school owners are using. But we should be using that more because I think more and more power, parents nowadays and adults need that mental discipline. Yep, agreed. Yeah, so so uh, right. Dominic Walter Vendora is a friend of mine. He's a grandmaster in Taekwondo, a great guy. I know him for 35 years. Um, he wrote, we always relate to life, sports, and employment. How can a carpenter do their job building anything? How does a basketball baseball practice with their, without their gear? He's he's right though. Like you know, how do you how do you go to work? You know, if you if you're a carpenter and you work for a company, you have your own tools, right? And you develop and build those tools up. If you show up without them and say, I, I forgot my hammer today, the boss is going to go, how can you How can you hammer nails then? We don't have an extra hammer laying around. Everyone has their own tools. Maybe borrow one or go buy one. But, I mean, I once went to a baseball game in Bermuda years ago to watch my student who ran the school's son play baseball on my downtime. Half of the people brought a mitt and a hat. No, they didn't even have uniforms. They just would go there in whatever clothes they were wearing to play in Italy. 
and half of them forgot their hat and their mitt. And they'd have to spend 10, 15 minutes between each inning, 10 minutes, everyone handing mitts. And who borrowed my mitt here? Give it to Johnny. Give it to Joe. Like, I'm going, like, what is the sense of that? Like, it's just, like, can't you just be responsible as a parent and remember your stuff? Like, come on now. You know, so he's 100% right. Him and I go back a long, long way, and he's a very traditional Taekwondo teacher. Um, And, uh, yeah, uniform, proper, looking good, looking clean. That's all part of it. You know, a, a friend of mine just recently told me that their their son or daughter is uh, bipolar and they're they're not showering, they're not taking care of themselves. A sign of this this disorder and depression is not to care for yourself. Our goal is to teach people to care for themselves, right? Why we need to get ready, get dressed, be on time, make sure you look presentable, your hair's not sticking up. Like, get up 10 minutes early and do your hair before you come to class. You know, these are the things that create pride within yourself. Right of how you dress. Yeah, or make your bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love that book, by the way. It's something that I always say. Sometimes I'll just yeah. post a picture of my bed being made, and I write "Make your bed." And and for the people who know what I'm talking about, you know, or like like it. Others are like, oh, okay, why do you pick, post a picture of a bed? You know. So um. So yeah. So Dwayne, we talked about you know some of the ways we stay motivated. You know, I want people to understand, too, they could always go back and listen to our, we have 251 episodes, and some of them are about staying motivated. If people wanted to, they could just go back to day one and listen to all our broadcasts, and each of them have different topics. So on their downtime, driving in their car, um, listen to the topics. We've done some great interviews with great people over the years as well, and some debates. Well, remember we talked about MMA. We did uh, Frank Shamrock. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, amazing, right? Even when we went um, to Atlantic City, I think it was, we interviewed Benny the Jet Perquitas and, um, yep. you know, the guy, Curtis Sliwa, who, who founded the uh, Guardian Angels in, in New York. Um, you know, other people like us, Grandmaster Stephen Hayes, and, you know, we've interviewed people like uh, John Graydon and uh, John Hackleman. And, you know, a whole bunch of different things. So there's a lot of really cool stuff on there. Not to toot our own horn, but there's a whole library of people that you could go through and listen to and topics and so on. So, um, well, we're, we're going quick on time. So now our, we're just chatting today, right? We want to just know. So I have a, a few things like what what are you doing now in regards to your your advertising, new people? Um, you know, what do you have, yeah. you know, that you're doing? Give us a little bit of an idea. Yeah, so, uh, one, obviously we're still using, uh, Lead Hunter Media, Lead Hunter Media with, uh, Gus Lopez. He's one of our sponsors as well. And, uh, so, oh, yeah, uh, right. we're still using, yeah, we're still using him, um, to, uh, bring in leads via, you know, Facebook. And then, uh, I've got, and I don't know if you remember, remember the, and you helped me because I had sent you some to look at, but do you remember the, the, the card series, that two card series for referrals, that yeah. little dog that's on the front? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be sending those off to my uh, um, my clients uh, systematically. Really? And uh, and for those of you that, that uh, don't know what I'm talking about, the card system that I use, um, I, I'm sending these, this card, and it's got a little dog in the front, and it says, you know, basically the inside says something like, will you help my master out? He's been sad lately. And uh, I think if you would, uh, you're, you know, basically refer some people to him, here's the link, blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. And then there's a follow-up yeah, he'd, one. He'd, he'd be happy again. Yeah, it was a cute card. I loved it. 
And by the way, your card system you have is a is a company that you represent too, um, and people could get it from a link if you want to post the link later. But it's kind of cool, right? Because it you write your letters, you automate the letters with your handwriting, and then you're able to send these cards out by a click of a button, and it goes out in the mail, pays for postage, pays for the card. You don't have to do anything, right? And it goes right to the client. And you do that for birthday parties, for for gifts, for just general reach outs to people and you know you notice they did something really good in the newspaper you use it for a bunch of different things which is amazing yeah even on facebook if i see something i'll take the picture and then i just upload the picture via the app and then i send them the picture you know like hey congratulations wow. on blah 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 blah. you know that type of that's thing. awesome so, yeah and, and then of course that's customer, days, like said. that's customer service that's where that's where you shine above the rest, right? That's where a lot of people don't even bother, don't do that. They don't stay in touch. They're kind of disconnected from the lives of the parents. Like, if I see a parent on Instagram and their kids doing something cute, I'm like, so adorable. I love that kid. You know, like they said, you know, and then they'll post, you'll, you'll see afterwards, they'll post some pictures of ninjutsu. They, they kind of get them thinking about how important it is. Yeah, but think about that. Think about that. If you were able to take one of those pictures and then send them a card with that picture in it, I... I tell you, every time I send a card uh, with the with the pic, with the kid's picture in it, I will ask the parent, uh, you know, uh, if I if I remember. Um, but uh, I'll ask because usually the parent will say, "Oh my gosh, thanks for sending that," and I go, "Oh, you're welcome." Uh, you know, I, I, that was something that needed to be honored or needed to be noticed, you know, uh, uh, yeah, recognized. And uh, I say, "Hey, by the way." Um, did they keep the card or did they throw it away? And they go, oh, no, it's on their dresser. Or, oh, no, it's up yeah. Every single time they keep that card. And, by the yeah. way, that card not only has their picture on it, but, it, you know, on the backside has my logo. And, it, I mean, just every – you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, um, it's, absolutely. It's great. And, and during this quarantine time, I sent everybody a handwritten card once a month, a different card. That's great. Uh, you know, I picked one card, you know, and, and so everybody got a, a card. Like, there was one that was – a it was a crossword puzzle, you know, and it talked about uh, the quarantine and uh, it was just saying, Hey, while you're home during this quarantine time, I've got a, you know, a little crossword puzzle to do. And it was just names, uh, types of different dogs. And so they have to find oh, the name cool. of, uh, you know, yeah. And so that, yeah. And then uh, I, I told them, I said, you know, in there, if they complete it, that they just uh, send me a, um, a message via the, you know, the app, our app through Spark. Right. And let me know, and I'll put your name in a hat for a prize. That's awesome. Very cool. So um, okay. we got on that topic because of what? I lost my train of thought where you started talking about giving out the cards, retention. Like, I, I know it's, uh, you know, what are you doing for marketing? Ah, there you go. My buddy uh, and I, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. We, used to, we used to go to breakfast. He's 72. I'm 55. We've been going to breakfast for 30 years, and sometimes we lose our train of thought, so we back up. We're like, Movies, we're talking about TV, we we're then talking about Johnny Smith, and then we talked about the Bells and that parent that, oh, okay, here we go. I remember. So what other things are you doing, like, other than the customer service aspect? You're marketing with us on Facebook, you're, so your ads are still running. Um, what other things you're doing, the referrals, to try to get your students to promote you, which is something I just did the other day where I sent out on um, my emails, and I did an automation funnel, email, text message, email, text message, eight, eight of them. And I just took everybody who hasn't trained in my school. There was over a thousand people on my database, and I just sent out emails. And I'm getting people to say, "Hey, thanks for reaching out, old students. I don't think I'm coming back to training. However, it's great to hear from you. I'll stop in and visit. 
Other people are like, please take me off the list. Other people are like, wow, I'd love to take advantage of a free month of classes, and I've gotten like six of those already. So we have yeah. a lot at our disposal. Sometimes we just don't use it. Yeah, and it's just going through your list of prospects and start reaching out to them, you know. That's going to be important. Yeah, exactly. So you're doing Facebook marketing. You're doing referral yeah. marketing. You're doing um, other type of customer service-based stuff, right, where you're sending cards out and keeping people happy and, and connecting with them. Right. Well, well, and then the other thing, too, is last week we did the, the, the bully prevention seminar, um, and, uh, you know, I had some people sign up on that, and I'm trying to get them to do a, a free month. And then this week we have our anti-abduction uh, you know, the uh, child abduction prevention seminar that's free uh, online. Great. So, you know, how, yeah. how many people do you have signed up for that? Well, it's it's all a part of that martial arts uh, athlete challenge. And so okay. we have, uh, I think, 78 people that are in that challenge. <clears throat> wow. How's that going, by the way? I think that, you know, that was a great thing that you did, and you have a lot of people. Are they still engaged? Are they still doing things? Yeah, it's not as engaging as it was at the beginning. So uh, our first two seminars <clears throat> were uh, jam-packed, uh, almost, okay. not, not 100%, but almost 100%. I'd say it was like 95% attendance. Uh, this past seminar, the bully prevention one, uh, did not get as, as, as many. Um, I would say it was like maybe uh, 65 to 70%. So we'll see what mm -hmm. the abduction prevention the child abduction prevention that that happens on this Friday, so we'll see what happens. Okay, and then we have two more with uh, with Kenny Bigby. Uh, he's going to be doing our martial arts pro athlete ones uh, with me, and that'll be the the final two. So that'll be the week five and week six coming up here on the twenty first and also the twenty eighth. So one thing I'd like to point out, and you know, not to uh, toot your horn, you know, make you, uh, you know, but I'm going to say that you know I'm proud of what you do because look at. Um, I just read a post by Stephen Oliver, who's a very famous martial art coach and martial artist and school owner, and he said, listen, if you're really not thriving and doing things now and, and going out there and going after it, he says, when are you going to do it? You're going to – eventually, what's that saying? Like, if you stand still, you end up falling behind, but if you keep moving forward, always trying to do something. You know, that old analogy or acronym ABM, always be marketing – um, you know, you have to think of what you could do to keep engaging. And I think right now, let's just say you had a student's body of uh, 100 students before COVID, and now you have 50 or 40. Let's just say 50 for even numbers. Those 50 people are still engaged. Let's ask them to help you grow the school back. Let's ask, because they don't want, they're with you. They're sticking with you. They're not going to Well, they quit. know. Yeah. They know that, that you've got to be hurting. So they're going right. to they're gonna want to help a little bit. Exactly. So why not ask them to refer a friend, you know, post it on their Facebook page, uh, you know, a one-month free or whatever your special is right on their Facebook page. Let's get them to be a part of the solution. I mean, if they love you and they love what they do, they're not just doing it because they, you know, they're at this point, you know the people who've stuck with you are there for, for you know, they're in it, right, you know. So let's utilize their motivation and their desire to be loyal students and ask them to help you grow the school back and tell their friends, tell their, their relatives, you know, give away a free two-week membership, whatever you want them to do, and ask them to engage. Yep. You know, that's super, super right, important. Sir. I mean, yeah. So so uh, what time are we at? Are we at 10, 10, almost running out of time? 
Oh, man, yeah, we're uh, 16 minutes over. Are we really? Yeah. Holy mackerel. <laughs> yeah, I'm dude, looking dude, at dude, it like we got to go to 1030. Minute call. <laughs> I, I thought we had to go to 1030. And I'm like, okay, yeah. we got 14 minutes left. But awesome, Dwayne. All right, so let's let's close it up. We've talked very, very long. Well, I just want to remind what everybody, uh, what Ali said. I want to remind everybody what Ali said is, uh, look, go back and, and uh, you can go on schoolownertalk.com and there's a search bar. You can type in a topic and, and, and you know, things will come up or start at number one and, and go through everything. Uh, of course, you can find yeah. us on iTunes and Spotify and, you know, all of your, your, your favorite podcast places. Awesome, Dwayne. All right, man. Sorry we ran over. I apologize. And uh, thanks for talking, and thanks for being here with us. And don't forget to uh, check out our sponsors at Sparks, uh, Spark Membership and um, our uh, other sponsors such as Elite Insights and uh, Lead Hunter Media. And, uh, and you give them a shout. Let them know that we recommended you and tell them that you, uh, you know, Dwayne and I have, you know, talked about you on our, on our podcast. Sounds good. Dally, have a good day. Thank Bye, you. guys. Take care. You too. Bye, Joyce.